Who's on first? What's on second? I don't know who's on third. You're killing me, Smalls. There's no crying in baseball. I on the ball, okay? One, two, three, strike. That guy was a bro. <laughs> and his name is Dan Uglet. Let's go Bucks. Oh, uh, you're calling me weird. God bless America. God bless the queen. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and we are here for this interview with Scott Allen. Scott is a little bit surprised that we kind of showed up to the Washington Post offices, and Scott was sitting there, and he and I go back a few years to the uh, Jason Worth Garden Dome. I got a DM on my phone because I was the first in line for the Jason Worth Garden Dome, and Scott wanted to write an article about me being first in line. I think you wanted to write an article about the gnome and why people were That's showing up. That's also right. <laughs> and I just happened you. to be he the biggest. He didn't care about you, Paul. No, he didn't care about me. He just I just happened to be the biggest nerd in line that day. <laughs> and I showed up. So, uh, Scott, how are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> come a long way since then. I, I think I wanted to know why is this huge nerd there at 2 o'clock for a 7 o'clock baseball game for some silly gnome, but... I mean, looking at the prices even today on eBay for those things, you were... Are they still selling? Yes. Go on right now. You could probably find one for a hundred dollars average. Yeah, they were they were a hundred, two hundred right after that. I know they the were, happened, but yeah, still because I mean now there are fewer out there, right? So, mm-hmm. whereas you can get an Anthony Rendon gnome or a Michael Taylor bobblehead for four dollars, five dollars, maybe the shipping's probably more. The uh, the worth gnomes have have maintained their <laughs> their hefty price tag. <laughs> Do you still have yours? Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. I was going to take it to my dorm, but I was like, you I don't, don't want it to get that. broken. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. risk that. I'm holding on to one, too. I'm thinking that, you know, maybe lots of people think this will be his last year. This probably is his last year with yeah. the Nats. Um, maybe sentimental people. At the That's end of sad. Put it on eBay. Yeah, I know. It's wow. kind of brutal. To think did you ever get about, a Chia Pet? I did. I've got a couple of those. Did you grow I it? tried growing one Ooh. and failed. Really? Miserably, yeah. I just found mine like yesterday, I and I realized I hadn't grown it. Yet. I haven't grown mine yet either. I'm holding out to like get a house or something. I can leave it, you know, in a windowsill for a while. Yeah. Uh, no, mine died after <laughs> a few. It looked hideous. I had the Harper one too, the Harper with the beard. There was a chia uh, pet for Harper. Yeah, chia that. beard for him the next year. Chia beard. Yeah. Now you know. The more you know. How worth was the chia beard? <laughs> We've learned a lot in the last like twenty we minutes. Really have. Well, the, the garden gnome thing really kind of did start a craze because of the Mets and the Dodgers and some other teams the next yeah. year did their own takes on the gnomes, but nothing was ever as popular as Paul showing up at two p.m. I mean, <laughs> when when Scott heard about you, I bet he was gonna. He, I bet he thought he was gonna call a kid who was like homeschooled and like allergic to peanuts or something. And forget you know, the homeschool part. <laughs> But really, this kid actually has social skills, and now, now yeah, that he talks me for a out. living, so it worked out pretty well. Right. That helped me out for the for the story, you know? I didn't have to clean up the quotes too much. Or oh, that's funny. Well, I was there with, I was there with Francis, one of, my, one of my friends from high school. It's a good thing you didn't talk to Francis. <laughs> Francis is probably listening to this. Hey, whoa, well, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, so you write those kinds of stories yeah. a lot, like, every day. That's pretty much what you write, like... Not the, not the garden home stores. That'd be crazy. Right, right. <laughs> Talking to kids every day like that. But what do you uh, like? How do you go about finding that stuff, especially on a slow day? Yeah, these these are kind of the slow times when you know at the bog we're responsible for all four major pro teams, all colleges, local colleges are fair game. Um, but right right now it's kind of just besides off season talk for the Redskins, which is year round. It's really the Nats are the only game in town, so. Especially around the All-Star break, it's kind of a slow time. But I spent a lot of time on Twitter, um, on Nat's Reddit. I mean, I found you on Twitter. You yeah. know, people either posting interesting photos or um, 
posing questions that maybe I've wondered myself. Um, sometimes we'll get emails tipping us off to something or saying, hey, can you find out about this? Um, so recently, actually, um, you may have noticed the signs that are on that rooftop outside of Nassau Park. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. This is a classic example where people just, it was very organic. You know, the, the people who did the signs weren't reaching out or advertising, hey, we're doing this. Hey, can you write about this? It was fans who were taking photos from their seats and being like, hey, do you know who put this up? Yeah. Um, so I was talking to Dan uh, Steinberg, and he was like, hey, maybe we should write about this, like get to the bottom of who's putting these signs up. So a few phone calls later, and I find that it's a couple of developers who plan to do this year round and change the signs and they're pretty creative um and there's an answer for people so now when people ask the question we can either send them the link or someone will be like hey the bog wrote about that here's the link that's cool to see i like the ones that kind of come out of fans questions that we can take the time to to answer so you're talking about the bog and i should have said this at the beginning you along with dan steinberg right for the dc sports bog now Maybe this is obvious, and I'm just totally missing like a clear link. Bog, not blog. Right. This this goes back to Dan started the bog in I think 2008 or 2007. It was during the Torino Olympics. Um, but Dan covered the University of Maryland football team for at least a year as the beat reporter. And during a press conference, Ralph Friedgen was the coach there. And the fridge, the fridge, the fridge. <laughs> the fridge. Should have never let him go. <laughs> but uh, he was talking something about social media, and he said something to the effect of all you kids and your your tweets and your bogs, and and therefore the, the uh, name was oh. It was a botched quote. It was Ralph Friedgen in the fridge trying to say blogs, and he said bogs instead. So Dan ran with <laughs> it, and it has been the DC Sports Bug ever since, and we still... He probably gets more emails than I do from people who are saying, hey, just so you know, like the header on your site <laughs> says bog. It's like even in my email signature when I send it to people, I always wonder, like, is this person going to think I'm just sloppy with my like that I, my email signature has a typo in it? Or are they going to realize that this is actually the name of our site? So. <laughs> That's great. Well, but no, a lot of people don't know. So I've explained it a lot. I think there's like a link hidden somewhere on the on the homepage of the site that gives that origin story but it's a it's a different one yeah that wow. brings up a, another fun point though that paul and i were talking about because um fans writing in trying to correct you on things for whatever reason it seems like fans have extremely strong opinions about random sports topics and then really try to tell you that you're wrong in the comment sections or emails or tweets or whatever do you like feed <laughs> off of that energy or does it ever kind of get you down I definitely don't feed off of it. <laughs> I think, you know, I joke, never read the comments. Um, we now have a new blog at the Washington Post that's devoted entirely to comments and, and <laughs> highlighting some of the better ones, which is, it's a nice form of therapy yeah, for yeah. us who have become averse to reading the comments. What I'll often do now is if I if I post a story that I know is going to um, elicit a response, like negative stuff, back and forth, I'll kind of hold off for a couple days and then maybe return to it after it's died down and let me see what people said um but no i wouldn't say i feed off of it i i don't mind when people you know say that oh they think i'm wrong and here's why sometimes they'll even you know mention something that i didn't think of and then i'll turn that into another story or i'll 
worst case scenario, I'll go back and have to correct something that, in fact, I was wrong about. Um, but no, I wouldn't say I feed off of the <laughs> off of the negative comments. I don't enjoy that. I, I work with some people who who like to rile people up on Twitter and to get into it with people on Twitter. My Twitter persona, I mean, if you follow me, I'm, I'm not so much that way, which which can be good and bad. I mean, the engagement for people who like to rile people up and, and start debate is great. But I kind of like to say, here's something I wrote or here's what I think about this briefly and, and move on. So. Wow. That, I don't know. It, it's just so funny hearing that from your perspective because we see it following you all in the yeah. news. And we see all you like everybody from the outside looking in that's we're like how do you put up with all the mentions and and all that stuff yeah you kind of grow some you grow some thick skin from knowing that you know lots of people could read this it's great if lots of people read it and you know people are going to inevitably disagree with some things that you write but you can't take it too personally and if it turns into personal attacks you either block or ignore or mute or <laughs> to do do you you do you use the mute? I, we were talking about this yesterday i have never blocked anybody really I've how about muted, mute i've muted a few people but not even because they've been mean to me just you know some people will tweet like the same meme so many times and, I, and i i'm too nice to i don't want to unfollow them not that they would even recognize it i mean i'm like a nobody right but I'm too scared to unmute. No, you're on the them, podcast so with us. Mute. Maybe you're <laughs> muted now. I don't know. I haven't seen you in line for any gnomes recently. <laughs> Uh-oh. Better get back on that. A follow-up question to that. Are you blocked by anyone? <laughs> um, Not that I am aware of. Um, I, I can't think of having said know. anything on Twitter that would get me blocked by anyone, except, I don't know, Mike Rizzo isn't on Twitter unless he's on secret Twitter. But, uh, no, I don't, I don't think I'm blocked by it. It's him. a good thing Mike Rizzo's not on Twitter this year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, serious. Talk about mentions. <laughs> it's amazing God. that he continues to do the um, – you may have heard him on the Junkies every Wednesday at yeah. 9 a.m. He's about it. And it seemed for a few weeks there um, he, would, he would inevitably go on the morning after the Nats blew another save. So you <laughs> just knew the question was coming, and he gives the same – Roughly the same answer every time, and but good, good for him for for honoring that. Commitment. I feel bad for the guy that has the at Mike Rizzo tag on Twitter because somebody has that, no, and really. like every once in a while you'll see like, <laughs> I hate you at Mike Rizzo. See, that's a good story idea. Talk, we can go talk to this guy. Like, what's it like to have Mike Rizzo's? But see, I don't know if it's like somebody that's actually active or it's just somebody that owns it. I never really like go deep into it. I just see it all the time, and I'm like, I know this doesn't exist because he doesn't well, have you know, one. Mark Zuckerman gets all those Zuckerberg tweets, <laughs> right. and he loves to play that up. Oh, he does. He tweet all the time. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. That's, that's so, classic. Scott, do you have an opinion on the Nats bullpen and uh, how exactly we can solve this crisis? Because Paul has a theory that the Nats should play for the NLCS and build their bullpen around who they anticipate playing in the division series. I think it's World Series. I, ca- I called it. I called in the other wow. night. I called in. Well, okay. So hear me out. I called in to one hundred six seven the fan the other night, and yeah. Phil Wood basically said I was an idiot. <laughs> In the nicest way possible. (laughs) He was like, well, you see that in other sports like basketball and football. And I was like, yeah, okay. I was just throwing it out. Sorry I'm like a different caller that's not just complaining about the bullpen. It was funny, though. Like, he played it off, and it was great. He He was real funny about it. But, no, so what I was saying was that you should wait until, like, July 30th, like right at the trade deadline. And by that time, you probably know, oh, we're going to play the 
Brewers or the Cubs, or we're going to play the winner of the NL Central because the Dodgers are so far ahead. Or like last year, we, yeah. we pretty much knew yeah, by July 30th what the playoff picture was going to be. For all intents and purposes, we were going to play the Giants or the okay, Dodgers. So how does it change the strategy? So we, we get to July 30th and we say, okay, the, the Dodgers have these guys in their lineup. Let's get I see. You know, a bunch of lefties to combat their lineup or something like that. You know, to combat the lefties in yeah, their lineup. Yeah. So no, that's interesting. You should you should try to get in touch with uh, Mike Rizzo at, <laughs> at Mike Rizzo on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I I hadn't thought of that idea. I mean, opinion on the bullpen. I mean, anyone could tell you that it's <laughs> it's atrocious. Um, Mike Rizzo is starting to realize and move towards telling you <laughs> starting that, it's, to realize. <laughs> that it's that it's well f- for the longest time it, his line was well these guys aren't pitching to their career norms Mm -hmm. and you know the longer we go the more likely they are to return to those and we'll be just fine we'll add a piece at at the deadline like we always have and and we'll be fine and you know it's becoming clear that what they have now they can't rely on that (laughs) much longer i think they can go to the deadline we're only a few weeks away now and i think by then you'll have more teams that have probably fallen out of the race i mean with the wild cards now you've got the Part of the problem is you have so many teams who think that they're still potentially buyers. But when you have more sellers in a few weeks, inevitably by July 31st, um, I think you can get more in return for for what they're willing to give up. I don't think they want to give up Victor Robles. Um, And beyond that, I mean, what sort of prospects are are you flipping for bullpen help? So I think they'll make a couple of moves for arms at at the trade deadline and – be just fine but i hadn't thought about the you know i don't know i don't know going lefty right <laughs> your potential get the one, team that hasn't won a Cody single playoff series <laughs> you gotta get the best relievers oh yeah as much as like everybody way, keeps complaining about like we gotta get to a semifinal and we gotta get there we gotta get out of the first round and baseball all you gotta do is win the first round and to get there Build a bullpen around. I mean, yeah, that's as Phil said, as Phil so blatantly told me. <laughs> it is so short-sighted, Paul from Virginia. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess the other alternative is uh, have Strasburg and Scherzer just pitch all nine innings of every game. <laughs> <laughs> or just don't pull Jordan Zimmerman in the ninth inning. Or oh. Trade for Jordan Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you try, I mean, this would kind of be out there, but Roark's been kind of a disaster as, as a starter, but why don't you maybe consider is Ross your number four starter, and then you put Roark back in the bullpen? I said <laughs> <laughs> Steve's I glowing would, right now. Say about that, he'd probably tell me I'm an idiot. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just thinking outside the box. Um, they're linked to Rysel Iglesias now. Yeah, um, who would be great, but I think that's gonna. Do you give up Robles for a yeah. package including Iglesias? I don't know. I have a lot of people from Cincinnati being from Xavier, yeah. so I know a lot of Reds fans, and they're like, "Hey, hey, we'll we'll take some of your uh, yeah. we'll take some How of your about prospects." Soren reunion tour. Oh, oh. He, needs uh, another, he needs another shot at redemption, man. No, no. Okay. Sorry, Drew. <laughs> if you're listening, Drew's not listening. Drew's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Steve, do you have anything else for Mr. Scott? 
No, it was a pleasure to meet somebody who took yeah. such an interest in Paul during that game. Day. <laughs> I was watching from afar on Snapchat, and I couldn't be there. So. He was. He was. Yeah. All right. minutes of fame. Scott, well, you're at Scott S. Allen on That's Twitter. Right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Scott. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank for you. Thank you, guys.